I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, H-A-W-G sports.com. Today on Hog Sports Live, we're going to talk a little bit about this basketball team with their 48-point victory over Rice. That was certainly interesting to see. Uh, we're going to talk about the importance of this football game how it pertains to Chad Morris, Ty Story coming back into town. Keith Grayson and Pete Roulier are both going to join us at the same time. That ought to be interesting. All that and more on Hog Sports Live. Pretty much everything's wrapped up as far as our media availability with Chad Morris and, and the football team. That usually ends on Wednesday with his last interview. You know, he's not a guy that comes off as – a coach who's like coaching for his job or something. And I think a lot of people look at this game and say like, you know, this is a must win game, you know, and he'll say that every game's a must win game. Even at the press conference yesterday, you know, he's the same guy as he always is in the press conference. But I think a lot of people look at this and say, you know, if Ty Story walks out of that building with one more, with one SEC win and Chad Morris has none, that could look really bad for him. So it, it, it's it's a weird paradox because we've never been in this kind of territory where here we are less than two years in with a coach. There hasn't been a lot of signs of improvement. In fact, not really any except for it looks like the roster is a lot better. And, you know, through recruiting, that stuff has been good. But on the field performance hasn't been very good. Maybe it's attributed just to poor play at quarterback, young offensive line with a lot of injuries, a lot of things like that. I think a lot of fans think it runs a lot deeper than that. And I'm probably with you on that. I'm probably with you on that. Um, so let's look at Saturday or Wednesday's practice was weird. I mean, I'm looking over there and, you know, the scout team guys go down there and it's Ben Hicks and Nick Starkle with the scout team. And then you've got John uh, Jack Lindsay imitating Ty Story. <laughs> I mean, it's just it was just kind of weird to see that. And then K.J. Jefferson and John Stephen Jones working with the first offense. I mean, you just didn't expect to see that in week 10 of the season. And then on top of that, I'm looking down there, and I'm thinking that Hicks and, and uh, Starkle are, you know, just going to be taking reps side by side. And then Hicks leans down and puts his hand in the ground and runs a pass route, a pass route. He's playing tight end, scout team tight end which is just – never would have thought I'd see that. Anyway, we'll talk a little bit more about that with Pete and uh, and Keith and those guys. Uh, and, of course, take your questions. I want to remind everybody there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. Facebook Live, always streaming live there. Go ahead and be sure to follow the page. Throw us a thumbs up if you like the content. Going to upload to YouTube right after this. Be sure to follow that page, subscribe to that page, and hit the notifications bell so you know anytime that we upload a new video. And throw us a thumbs up if you like the content also. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, just about anywhere you get your favorite podcast. Uh, if you're on Apple Podcasts, be sure to throw us a five-star review. Say something nice about us. Uh, we definitely want that to pop up anytime that people search for Arkansas Razorbacks on Apple Podcasts. So a lot of ways to watch and listen. You can subscribe at hogsports.com right now for for 
let's see, what is the offer? It's $9.95, but you get CBS All Access for free, which is a $99 value right now. So you can sign up for an annual subscription, a monthly subscription. Either way you do it, you're going to get CBS All Access, and that's going to stick with you as long as you are with hogsports.com. So if you're with us for the next 10 years, then you'll get CBS All Access for the next 10 years, and that's a $99 annual value. So that's like you know almost $1,000 right there you would save uh, for CBS All Access. So a heck of a deal right there, not to mention all the stuff that you're going to get, insider information, uh, recruiting coverage, VIP recruiting coverage from Danny West and all that stuff. And also sign up for the newsletter if you're a more casual fan. You just want to know what's happened out of press conferences anytime there's breaking news and things like that. And we'll send you all of our free content via newsletter each morning and then when there is any breaking news. So a lot of ways to enjoy hogsports.com. But it's certainly thank all of you guys for joining us here right now. So as I said, practice Wednesday just kind of looked – I don't know. It looked just a little interesting to me just just seeing that. Um, you know, Devion Warren's going to be out. They've still got some issues on the offensive line. Looks like Austin Caps is going to play. Uh, but I wanted to get more into – I mean, we know what's going on with Arkansas. It's been a struggle, obviously. But let's look at what Ty Story has done so far. So, Western Kentucky is 5-4 and four this season. They've lost a couple of games in a row. But Ty's numbers – He's 141 of 202 passing, which is 69.8% completion percentage. For those wondering, that would be a record percentage uh, in Arkansas history. For 1,477 yards, seven touchdowns, five interceptions, that's a 137.7 rating. Last year at Arkansas, so he was 141 of 202 for 1477 last year, or this year. Last year, he was 143 of 250, which is 57.2% for 1,584 yards, 11 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions, a 116.9 efficiency rating. So obviously, over in Conference USA, the competition isn't as stiff, but his numbers are definitely better. As a team, they like to pass the ball. They are fifth in Conference USA in passing right now, 252.8 yards per game right now. So a solid passing attack. Defense is really where this team stands out. Number two in scoring defense, allowing just 20.7 points a game. Three in rushing defense, 125.8 a game. Passing defense, they give up a little bit more. They're fourth, though, 192 per game. And in total defense, this is the second best total defense in uh, Conference USA. So the se- second best scoring defense, second de- best uh, total defense in Conference USA right now. So they've got a lot of veterans on defense. I think John Chavis said it was like seven or eight red shirt juniors that are starting for them on defense. You know, that was kind of in response to, you know, just asking him about Chavis is kind of difficult to get anything out of because he makes it clear that entering the press conference that he's not going to talk about individual players. And then when we ask him about general sweeping questions, why the defense is so bad, he says he's not going to make excuses. So, I mean, what – I just don't know – I mean, what are we supposed to ask? I mean, we just want to know why things are are so bad. And I understand that they're young and stuff, but that's still no excuse for giving up 460 yards of rushing uh, against Mississippi State. And it's no excuse for the defense being as bad as it is right now, just going down repeatedly 17-0 to one team after another. Part of that's on the offense. I get it. But, I mean, (laughs) Arkansas football is in a sad state, and it's a weird – 
paradox where they are right now just because we've never been in a situation where it's year two. Well, it's, it's I mean, maybe with Jack Crow ages ago, but that was a different era. That was a, just a different time. But usually in year two, a coach is showing significant signs that things are moving forward. And there have been signs in terms of recruiting. There just hasn't been anything on the field. And then with some of those recruits like – K.J. Jefferson, I think most people want to see him out there, see what he can do. But, like, Traylon Burks, why is he not more heavily involved? And I've said before, like, if Houston Nutt was the coach of this team, Traylon Burks might be playing quarterback for him. I mean, he literally might be. But I was encouraged by that a little bit I saw from from K.J. I know that he can still be erratic just from stuff I've seen in practice. He's not as accurate in practice as a guy like Nick Starkle. I mean, Nick has definitely proven that, he, you know, he's not going to get it done, at least not this year. But what you see from Nick in practice is just the same ball every single time, right here, every time. And with KJ, it's going to be a little more – it's a little more erratic. It just is. He's reworked some things with his throwing motion, his mechanics, his footwork, all that stuff are things that they've had to work on. But what he brings is the pure athleticism. And when you have an offensive line that isn't very good and they're banged up with injuries and stuff, then that can go a long way for you. Interested to see how things play out with John Stephen Jones starting and then KJ coming in, what kind of package, how early do we see him? Definitely don't want to see it be like some kind of fourth quarter thing, like the game is over and just, you know, put him in. Don't want to see that. Would like to see him in the first quarter. Uh, Maybe it's an alternating type of thing. Maybe it's alternated by plays. You don't really see that as much in football anymore, but there was time where, you know, quarterbacks would go in alternating, bringing in the play with them. So let's see. What's the activity like here? I want to go ahead and tell you to get your questions in. Get your questions in if you've got them for me or Keith or, or, or Pete. 224 people on here right now, and we are 10 minutes in. So that's about the time that I told uh, Keith and Pete that I would get to them. So let's go ahead and turn the direction to, to those guys. Hopefully they pick up here. First ring. What up, Fiddy? I've got a Keith Grayson. You're first. Pete, you're second. Keith was first. What's up, oh. Trey Fiddy? So, <laughs> the real tree, the real tree, tree fitty. fitty. The real Tree Fiddy. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Is it Tree Fiddy or Trey Fiddy? Tree Fiddy. Tree Fiddy. I've got, actually got a lot of friends. So, there was a fake Twitter account um, that came up from our buddy uh, Greenwood, I believe. But... Um, yeah, he didn't spell Eric Musselman's name right, which was a dead giveaway because I never would have done that. Yeah, you don't, you don't know basketball either, so why would you report on basketball? <laughs> I do, too, know basketball. Sheesh, man. So, no, uh, you don't, don't bite to, the hand that feeds, Keith. No, you got to listen to drive time, but he gets called out on drive time constantly for not oh, I, knowing. I do, but I do know. It, you know what that is? It's like people, people will call in and they'll say uh, that, hey, Trey, you know football – why are you talking about basketball? Like, you can only know one thing. Like, you know, I mean, like, I've watched Razorback basketball my entire life, been to most games the last 17 years or so since I've been covering Razorback athletics. Um, but people are like, well, you can only know one thing. But uh, I don't necessarily cover Razorback basketball recruiting. You know, leave that up to Danny. But, I mean, the idea that I have no idea what's going on with basketball is completely absurd. I would, I would, I would stand toe to toe with most of those callers who call in and try to call me out on that. Still waiting on you to fight uh, a caller, like meet him in the meet him meet him in a Sonic and Alma. You know, it's interesting. Like people will talk trash on you know social media and stuff, but 
really you're probably Keith the only person that would dare say anything like that to my face. <laughs> we had a we had a spat and we we settled it. We it was yeah. a very awkward. Uh, we did the brewery tour in Fort Collins. Yeah, a fat tire and Sorensen set all that up. Um, yeah. and that was awkward for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're you're always you're always bigger in person than I anticipate. Oh, okay, so that's what it is. <laughs> I was like, is he is he six three? I was let's measure his reach real fast. And also the uh, you know in Colorado, I'm a little calmer for some reason. Oh yeah, I bet. You know, sometimes sometimes people get me. I think they get me confused. They think like all bald people look the same. They'll get me confused for Bo. And I saw a post one time. He's like, I saw Trey the other day, little fella. And I'm like. <laughs> I'm easily over six foot tall, you know. So, uh, Pete and Keith, you guys have become fast friends over the last few years, over the last, well, few months, I should say. You know how you know how you can tell if I like somebody if I if I dog them. Yeah. Like I'm I'm that guy that I I just like to rib people. So well, you certainly do that, that at Pete. <laughs> Pete, what are your thoughts about how does that make you feel when uh, when Keith does stuff like that to you? Man, he's just a little sheep. Like, I, I I have met Keith before, and, like, you know how he's talking about, man, you're so much bigger in person. For Keith, you know, this big personality calling in on the radio and stuff, it was like, man, this guy is just tiny. It's a little <laughs> gnat. That's kind of how I felt. It was a little bit, of, you know, the opposite of what he felt about you. Uh, yeah. yeah. Pete's 5'6". <laughs> Dude, these are not facts. How are you going to come on here and say I'm 5'6"? You wear risers. Right. What are you talking about, like, dude? Who's taller, Trey? This John is Stephen, such a John, Stephen, John Stephen Jones or Pete? Really? Actually, we did this. Trey knows for a fact I'm taller than John Stephen Jones. Yes. Back to back. You are. You are. Yeah, no, back are to you? back. I'm way taller than him. I think you guys – see, that's a good measuring stick for our, our uh, listeners. John Stephen Jones is about the same size as Keith Grayson. I do, I do, think, that, <laughs> I do think that John Stephen is about 5'9". And that's just from like other people I've known what their height is walking. I think I think I said he's like five eight at best, but I think he's five nine. He's definitely not five eleven. I'm five ten and three quarters with my shoes off. We got the three quarters part. Jeez, no way. But John Stephen Jones definitely does stand out as like the smallest quarterback yeah. by by a large margin. Yeah, he's he's definitely not the biggest quarterback. He's probably got the. I would say you know, I would say all the quarterbacks have a bigger arm than John Stephen, even. Um, even Jack Lindsay, but something that people have always told me who were able to watch more practice than I, I've been able to uh, is that John Stephen always seems to move the ball down the field better than the other quarterbacks. And we've kind of seen all it's that. About. Yeah. That's all it's about. Everybody can rip on somebody's size and whatever. It's about the points you put up or yeah. the notches you put in your belt. You know what I'm saying? Right. If it was all about size and arm strength and stuff, then Danny Warfel never would have won a Heisman Trophy. Right, well, like, well, and, like and Tom said, Brady wouldn't be the best quarterback in NFL history. There you go. It's it's like he makes all the right reads, is what it, yeah. um, Morris says, and that's the way it's looked. I mean, he's just he's a smart quarterback, and uh, also the legs. I mean, it's not much, but he's not afraid to run the ball, and he gets mm. the job done. Yeah, who's the future of this team, though, at quarterback? It's KJ Jefferson, without a doubt. Do you think that Chad Morris has made a mistake not starting KJ? I think John Stephen earned earned the job. I mean, he's gone in, I think, wait, maybe like, I guess Alabama and then this last game against Mississippi State, and he's done all the right things. So it'd be hard to just throw KJ in over him, even though that's what everybody wants to see. I think that's probably the right decision. Yeah. I think John Stephen's earned at least a start. I mean, one start for his Razorback career maybe, 
Um, I think that's kind of what it, what it is, but I, maybe uh, KJ is probably going to play a little bit more. Keith, what do you think? I, I, I'm not a fan of the four-quarterback system. <laughs> um, I wish we had <laughs> settle something at some point. This is the first, the inception of it, I guess. Yeah. It's not really panning never out. Been done, they, never been done before. <laughs> I'd like to see them all on the field at the same time. That's offensive innovator. Yeah, let's go. Let's go quads to the boundary with Traylon at quarterback and all four other quarterbacks um, to the boundary and see what happens. Ben Hicks at tight end. He's been working. There, there yeah. you go. He's got the face for it. So, no, I think um, I, I like I like what I saw from KJ. I I definitely thought the you know Traylon made a play on the ball on that yeah. back shoulder fade. And uh, if you go back and look at how he caught it on that dude's helmet, yeah. like it was, if he turns around and he plays in phase and makes a play on the ball, um, it could have been a pick going the other way. But Which that's a pass had, interference penalty, by the way, that wasn't called. Uh, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a DB's coach, so the face garden is allowed. I don't know how much contact he was made yeah. uh, by pushing him out. But then, so if you go back to the, the um, swing pass that he threw out of the backfield, to a uh, yeah, Amante Spivey that sailed to the third row of the stands. That's what we're talking about with the consistency. That's I've been I've been saying that so much, and people will say so much that you know KJ's got to be in. He's got to be the star. In, in retrospect, maybe I mean you didn't think that Ben Hicks and Starkle just wouldn't play very well, uh, you know, given their backgrounds. But that's the thing you notice with with KJ in practice is you know he'll throw just a laser beam, and then it's just like whoa, where's that going? You know, and I, I think a lot of that has to do, as I mentioned earlier, just with, with a lot of reworking his mechanics and, um, you know, just kind of being a freshman, learning some things. Maybe you're at, you're thinking a little bit too much about stuff. But I, I'm anxious to see the athleticism he brings. With John Steven, you know, obviously I agree. You don't take anything away. But the situations that he's been put in, you know, they're 41-0 down to Alabama. You know, that's not the same game as you, you're starting out, you know. You're down significantly against Mississippi State. Just a different kind of situation that he was put in. Maybe not the same type of pressure that would be on his shoulders or the same kind of pressure that would be coming at him. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Well, we can argue about John Stephen Jones or KJ, who you go to, but I think Morris made the right decision by just 
leaving Nick Stark or Ben Hicks off of the depth chart completely because yeah. I mean it's time. it's time to move on. There's no bowl game. There's plenty of opportunity. They've had plenty of opportunities to prove themselves, and it just hasn't worked. And I, you know I feel crazy. I feel weird. Sorry. Just I just feel weird for Ben Hicks being down there running scout team tight end. I mean that just that's just not what you envisioned for the guy in his last year of college football. You know what's crazy? So there's a there's definitely a lack of communication from Coach Morris, and I don't think he knows how to articulate what's going on with the with the overall plan. I guarantee you that they were thinking going into this, we're not mathematically eliminated from a bowl game. Therefore, we're tr- going in trying to you know get all these wins to try to get to a bowl game, to go on a, a, a run here. Mm-hmm. I, I guarantee you that's why they started stick or has had that, why they've stuck with Hicks this long and not gone over to these other guys because they think that that's their best bet to get to a bowl game up until the Mississippi State game. And then in the game, he what had four, three or four, four and outs in a row, and they're down 38 to 7, and then they make a switch. I mean, that or 38 to 10 or whatever it was, that I, I guarantee you that was the thinking going into it, but the, the, the lack of the reaction is what gets me and that I can't defend it. I always try to play devil's advocate. So when everybody in the fan base is like, fire him, get him out of here and, mm-hmm. and coming out with, uh, you know, pitchforks and everything, I'm trying to say, well, let's look at it from a logical standpoint of where's the money coming from and how we're going to hire a new coach and all this stuff. Now I can't defend it anymore. The guy has just, the, the, the end game coaching is so bad and the their reaction time is so slow to things that are developing on the field that it's indefensible. The, the crazy thing is in all this too is, you know, the defensive line hasn't really done much and Steve Caldwell is a badass coach. So has he, like, I, you keep on looking at these different coaches that are getting their position groups beat up on. I mean, has he forgot how to coach? Like, Steve Caldwell is one of the best defensive line coaches we've ever had in, yeah. as, a, as a Razorback. He may be the best defensive end coach right. in Arkansas history, considering the players that he's brought in here, sent to the NFL, and the productions he's had, you know, mainly with his first stand at Arkansas. Right. And so you look at the production out of Bell, Soley, Clay. Clay's come on. Clay's pretty damn good. I think he'll replace a game next year at that three tech. But if you look at the production from the ends, it's non-existent. So that's where it's like, you know, you look at the overall picture and then you get, get to a position group like that. I mean, what is going on? There has to be some sort of infighting or something behind the scenes with the staff, some indecisiveness. Um, maybe it's just a lack of leadership at the yeah. top. I mean, that's a, the same thing. Like people can talk about, you know, with whether Chad Morris should be retained or not. And you made a, a lot of examples uh, both ways, but, when you look at it, like, do you want to see Steve Caldwell go? I mean, do you want to see Justin Stepp or Jeff Trailer? I mean, those guys, those guys have developed pretty good reputations over the years, and and are all stud recruiters for you. And Barry, and Lunny. Barry Lunny too, yeah. So basketball, you want to move transition to basketball for a minute? We can come back to football, of course. But uh, I want to hear Pete's. I want to hear Pete's breakdown of the Western Kentucky offense and defense. You want to hear that first? <laughs> let's go to let's go to basketball because I think what most people are concerned about when it comes to Western Kentucky, just the overall, and which I went over, and then of course, um, you know, Ty Story coming to town. But I had I had football Tuesday, but I did watch the basketball game on TV. But Pete, you were at the basketball game. What did you think of the environment and uh, just the overall play of Arkansas? The environment was great. I don't know if it was the free canes that they were handing out to students, but they showed up and showed out and. Uh, Man, the, the Merrick Musselman on the sidelines, I, I want to get you guys' take on all the coaches wearing polos at some point. That was kind of weird. 
Yeah. But it, it just felt a lot different. I mean, everyone was pumped up. I mean, it, it, it's the way it's supposed to be is, uh, you know, the first game under a new head coach, and he delivered too. That's yeah. that's what made it special, I feel like. Well, you know, with, with uh, Musselman, with the uh... – the polo, he wore that, I guess, his last year or two with Nevada, but he'd worn a suit before. But it, it, when I talked to him about it, we had a one-on-one or one-on-two interview with him, with me and Danny. He said that he felt like he could d- get away with that since they had such a good team, that, that he could get away with wearing a polo. But, <laughs> yeah, so, so that's a boss move to wear on the first, yeah, I guess, uh, uh, first game. Maybe he feels like they're going to be pretty good. I, they're going to be small, obviously. I mean, they're not a very big basketball team. Did you watch the game, it, Keith? Yes, yeah, the 13th time that they've doubled up an opponent's score since the inception of the three-point line. Mm-hmm. I don't care if the guy goes out with tassels on his nipples. I, he would let him wear whatever he wants. <laughs> How is it a topic of conversation? He can't sit there. If He has to wear a polo or something that's, you know, a stretch cotton or some sort of Nike uh, fit polo because he's out there playing defense while we're, while we're on a defensive possession. He's yeah. in a stance with his hand up showing them what he wants done. It, yeah. I love it. Of course, you know, if you lose, you kind of look like a fool doing it. But, I mean, he's coaching his ass off. I mean, that's what you want to see. You had Mike sit there, you know, they would just smile at bad calls. He's going to get tossed from a game, and, and, and it's going to bring this team together closer. I, I like it. I, that is that is the way that I want to see somebody coach, where they're that involved in the game. He knows how to I, handle He knows how to handle referees, though. There's a, good, there's a good video, I think it's on YouTube, about his time at Nevada where he's talking about – just uh, you know how he how he handles referees, how he doesn't just complain about every single call and kind of makes his mark. Something he learned from his dad, but uh, he he I, I think he knows what he's doing when it comes to you know communicating with referees. But I love to see the energy. I mean, the guy's super high energy. I don't understand how he drinks a diet Pepsi at eight o'clock at night with all that caffeine in it and then goes to sleep. And he, he's one of those guys that gets up at like five thirty in the morning and works out for two hours. You know, I don't understand how he how he does that. Because if I drink caffeine after four, I'm like up all night. But uh, he's got a lot. Oh, he said it before on the show. He's he's definitely a kooky guy. Um, I would I would probably urge Razorback fans not to get too hyped up. I know I know that they understand and mm-hmm. Arkansas is with smart fans, but man, uh, not to just completely crap on Rice, but they were not a very good not basketball very team at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah for Arkansas, <laughs> see, maybe there's some people out there that think that. I mean, to out rebound. Rice the way they did. That's not going to happen often. Mm-hmm. Um, Forty-five rebounds compared to twenty-seven. I mean, that's. I mean, if you do that every game, I think Arkansas wins a lot of games. But that's just that's simply not going to happen in the SEC. Yeah. Well, that's the thing too is like how how many times if it's an effort thing, can they get up for every game the way they got up for that game? That can they be consistent with the effort throughout the season? That's that's something that's not just you know. I think the talents there and. Um, I think they're going to be able to put up some points, but on the defensive and rebounding effort, it's got to be. Yeah, I just don't know if they can, you know, stay on that sort of plane the entire season. Mm-hmm. And not getting Vanover was absolutely huge. I mean, that would have been that would have done wonders for this team. Yeah. It's the most Arkansas thing ever. A like he has day the of, best case. You knew it was going to be a day Stupid. of decision too. You know, and then of course the suspension right. with Reggie Cheney just makes you even just makes you even smaller. <laughs> yeah. Um, Isaiah Joe with 24 points, uh, Mason Jones 32 points, Jalen Harris with 10 points, two of two from three point range. His shot That's actually right. looked I'm a little bit you better. Shoot. It looked a little bit better. Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't know this, but I play basketball all the time. I play basketball all the time, and I've always like been a big fundamental guy. And Harris has always had this like <laughs> cockback thing with his 
with a shot, and it's still there a little bit, but it looks like it's reduced. And that's something else we talked with uh, Coach Musselman about, you know, just reworking uh, players' shooting mechanics and stuff. And he said, you know, if a guy's not shooting well, then we absolutely go in and correct some things. So I think they've done that with Jalen Harris a little bit. But that would be big if they can get some consistent three-point shooting uh, from him. So I'm just picturing Trey, like, taking charges and setting screens mm-hmm. in, like, a pickup game. At, well, it's not like Fayetteville that. Athletic Club. <laughs> well, I think he plays I'm just hanging Dudley out behind also. the three-point line. Do you line. play with Dudley? No, Dudley. Dudley's up there walking though. He usually is up there walking while I'm uh, while I'm down on the court Full playing. Cardinals gear on, like yeah. head to toe. Like he's a lot of times at FAC, boy. it's like young. It's like you know, kids. It's like me and a bunch of kids. And he's like, you need to go about three o'clock. That's when all the old fifty-year-old, sixty-year-olds play. I was like, that's the crew I need to be with. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what what what's going on in uh, in your life, Keith? What's, what's just, been going on uh, out in Arizona? I just had an interview uh, bringing on Brock Heyman's mom as an agent. Um, And, you know, people may remember him. Uh, He, unfortunately, he, he, not to be a downer, he he passed away a couple of years ago, but uh, we're pretty close to that family. Former Razorback. Yeah. Yeah. Former Razorback from uh, Saguaro High School out here, which is a um, huge football factory, Mm -hmm. and um, trying to convert him from tight end to uh, linebacker. You know, they Petrino and John L. Smith were out here recruiting him and Brock told him to come on over and nobody was answering the door on their uh, in-home visit. So Petrino, I guess, boosted up John L. Smith and they climbed his fence and came in through the back door. Really? Um, I've to, never heard to that. To get into his house. And then um, John L. Smith, I guess the way that they figured out that they were going to recruit him, they said, you know, are you tough enough to play linebacker in the SEC? And before Brock could answer, John L. Smith punched him as hard as he could in his chest. And it was like, and like based on his reaction there, they looked at Petrino and was like, he's got it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, weird... uh, well, that's child abuse. <laughs> that's you can't that's do John that. L. Smith for you. <laughs> we, broke up, we broke up a little bit. Did you say that you had an enema? <laughs> no, no, no. That's that's not that's not that's, that's not, not what a, he said. This is oh, okay. a, a David Cross stand up special. No, you know, uh, one of my favorite happened. stories that Danny West tells about uh, Coach Toddy over at Ryzen is uh, you know it's about toughness and being mean and stuff. And uh, he says one day he was talking to Coach Toddy was talking to all the players and he's like he had this he had this dog and he said the neighbor's dog would come over and uh, steal, not the neighbor's dog, but this dog in the neighborhood come over and steal the food from his dog. And he goes, and his dad would tell him, he's like, well, that dog's, that dog's just mean. You know, he's just, he's just mean. And he goes, well, daddy, ain't our dog mean? And he goes, yeah, but that dog's starving. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, one of my favorites. Keith, man, you're like that Uber driver that you get in and, you know, you're with your friends to try to have a good night. And then, you know, you get to the front seat and you go, Hey man, how's your day been? Just you know, trying to just say say what's up, acknowledge the Uber driver, yeah. and then and then you go, oh, well, I don't really want to get into it, but you know, last year my wife left. Spills his guts, well, and I'm, then by just, yeah, by the end of the trip, he's like, hey, are you guys on MySpace? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? Actually, I think my, I mean, I could probably come in and get a, grab a beer with you all if you want. You know? Yeah, park the car. Yeah, yeah, that guy. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm I'm lift black, so I don't I don't understand all these Uber terms. So lift, lift was, black. I've, ne- I've never taken a. I don't. I'm not signed up for Lyft. I've been in a Lyft. All right. Well, it's a great show. I like I like having two of us on at the same time. That's uh, entertaining. But, a little different. 
Trey always texts and he's like, hey, are you down for a three-way at 11? I, I respond back. It's like, this is a conference call, buddy. You're not... I don't know what kind of party this is, but wrong. This is like the uh, this is like the B minus hog hustle. <laughs> B team. So, Welcome I to like the, the hog hustle. Yeah, and I, honestly, you know what the best show on right now is that I listen to is Danny's solo segment on the hog sports thing. That that yeah. thing, you know how hard it is to carry that thing and not put people to sleep. Like doing that by yourself is mm-hmm. he's he kills it, man. Yeah, Danny's like dad gum, y'all. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah, so for people who don't know, Danny does a VIP recruiting podcast that we're still trying to figure out a name. If you guys got a name for that, then uh, hit me up with ideas. I'm, I was thinking Danny West Recruiting Explosion or something like that. But um, he does a VIP recruiting podcast. It's only available to our subscribers on hogsports.com, which is worth the uh, $9.95 admission fee alone just for uh, for all that stuff. So Yeah, it's good stuff. Well, thanks for having me on again. Yep. I, I, I like coming on the show, especially like, you know, I I feel like Pete and I were friends before when I was buying him all those drinks at Farrell's and, uh, you know, like it was our first time to meet. We're sharing stories and everything and then come to find out he hates me just because I made one joke about his virginity. Like that was the only time that he, <laughs> oh my he, God. Just, he just sends me these like crazy text messages like he wants to fight me. And uh, I, it's, it's, I, I don't know. I guess I just rub him the wrong way. Yep, you got me. That's the one thing that I that you can't sit there and defend your it's so hard to do. <laughs> no, you can't um, be like you can't be like, hey, I'm not a virgin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what makes me so mad. You know it. So, yeah. yeah, I don't like you anymore. <laughs> All, All right, right well, well, just for just for the sake of the show, Western Kentucky has a top twenty-five defense mm-hmm. and is coming in to win this thing. So yeah, real quick, uh, are you, what are y'all predicting for this game Saturday? Ninety-three percent of the money right now is on Western Kentucky and yeah. Vegas. And so, minus one and a hook, um, I think. I think Arkansas. I think Arkansas is going to win by like twenty one points. So I think we're going to win like forty one twenty. That's my I, and I'm serious. I think it's the opposite. I know Trey doesn't Trey doesn't pick them to win until they win. Yeah, but I think we're going to blow their. I can off. I can totally I can totally see that happening. Absolutely. What do you think, Pete? I can see that happening too. Um, just it's Kentucky. They've won games this season, and Arkansas really hasn't. So yeah, it's going to be tough to pick Arkansas. But I think maybe John Stephen Jones and KJ give them that dynamic, and hey. then also give the whole team a boost. So I'll go with Arkansas. It's the last home game, right? And if you guys remember last year, before they completely let go of the rope against Mississippi State and Missouri, they played LSU pretty tough at home the seniors last day. You know, they, there was some fight there. So maybe that's something to think about. All right, fellas. Yeah, I'm going to go with Arkansas. All right. Appreciate you joining us. What? All right, everybody. Pete Royer, Keith Grayson. Pete Royer is our beat writer, covers basketball, football, baseball, and then Keith is just a, a friend of ours who's been around for a long time on Hog Sports, really known him for probably a decade, provides a unique fan perspective, always have a lot of fun with that. So I want to jump into some questions here, as we always try to do. We've got, uh, we got about eight minutes more we'll go here. So um, Drew Bryant says, here's the difference between Must and Coach Chad Morris. The Must bus has fire in his gut. Josh Gar says, where do you think we'll end up recruiting rankings is the 20s ritual thing? I mean, there's so many components to that. It's hard to say. Danny's got a breakdown, actually. I think it's a VIP story of where things could possibly end and also projecting how the class will end. But, I mean, it just depends. I mean, 
there's going to be changes with this coaching staff. You don't go through a season like this and don't see changes. And all that can impact how things shake out in recruiting, bringing coaches in who have certain connections. I mean, a lot of people think, you know, things aren't just working out. So, Donnie A. Butt says, Trey is turning into a shrink. Sometimes I think about laying on the couch. Sometimes I've thought about just kind of laying down, like bringing a couch in here and just laying down and just kind of looking up into the sky and just like releasing all my frustrations on the other side of a shrink. Drew Bryant says Jones is a baller, plain and simple. We'll see. I think that I think that that he's got a, a lot of qualities in terms of moving the ball down. Not a lot of physical qualities, but sometimes there's more to it uh, in being a quarterback. It's the hardest position to learn to to evaluate because you can measure arm strength, you can measure speed, and all that stuff, size, height, weight, all that stuff. But you just can't measure what's going on in there. And there's certain gamesmanships that are involved. Lynn Fryer says, John Steven is 6'3 when he stands on his wallet. <laughs> That's a good point. Will Kidd says, so John Steven Jones doesn't give you – where is that? I lost it. So John Stephen Jones doesn't give you the best chance to win, yet he's earned a start. Come on. Well, I mean, that's to be determined whether or not he gives you the best chance to win. I mean, I think that most of us feel that K.J. Jefferson is the best option, the guy that is the future of the program. However, I think going into the season, we felt that way that uh, – that Nick Starkle was, and I think that's proven to be wrong. JT Cunningham says, Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium equals Jerry's World East. Donnie Butts says, I don't want KJ to play against LSU. He will get killed. Ah, can't have that attitude. Can't have that mentality. Kevin Seaman says, I think John Stephen Jones has earned the start. He has played consistently well when he has been in the game, moved the ball, and gotten to the end zone. I think they alternate possessions and both get valuable time and an equal opportunity to show what they can do. I think that's probably the best possible outcome. I will say again, just to reiterate, that when John Stephen has come into the games, it hasn't been like a situation where the game is on the line. And that's definitely a different dynamic than coming in when the game is is close or at the beginning of the game. I mean, he's been in a 41-0 game, and he's been in a game that was uh, – I don't, I can't even remember what it was when he went in, but I, I think it was probably a 30-point separation when he came into the Mississippi State game. Will Kidd, I'm sorry, but you can't tell me K.J. isn't a better option than John Stephen Jones. I think we covered that. Drew Bryant says our D-backs cannot run with a receiver. We have no DB speed. Some of the guys do, but some of them don't. Defensive back has been – and I, I mean, the whole defense has been a disappointment. I mean, early in the year – it's kind of happened the way I, I thought it would happen. As I was saying in the walk and talk, not everybody – everything came out the way I thought it would. But I did see the defense getting worse and worse as time progressed. Even though they've stayed relatively healthy, except for defensive end has been kind of an issue. Maybe linebacker a little bit, but – yeah. I mean, they've just kind of gotten worse and worse. I mean, there's no reason, even if they're bad, even if they're young, giving up 460 rushing yards and over 600 yards of offense to Mississippi State at home, there's just there's just absolutely no excuse for that. I don't care how young this team is on defense. Chris Carlson says the delayed decision and lack of adjustment has lost any support I wanted to give to the guy. Each week feels, Chris, like a new experiment. I mean, it, it really does. And this is the same. I mean, it's an experiment. John Stephen Jones, KJ, how are they going to go with that? No better way than to show you are in over your head than indecision on the plays. Out, indecision that plays out the way Morris has. Good grief. David Shaw, I will say this, Chris, you know, you don't find many people out there who's just like, 
And that's what would be a concern for Chad, I think, you know, because once you lose the fans, it's really hard to get them back. And you don't find many people that are out there. You do find some, but most people aren't like, yeah, he just needs another year. Most of the arguments against it are, well, where's the money going to come from? He's just in year two, you know. How's recruiting going to shake out? Those seem to be more the excuse, the excuses for keeping him versus, you know, you see positive play on the field or you see reason to be encouraged. It's weird because it's just year two, and you just—I've never been in a situation like this. You do see more and more across the country, teams getting, you know, moving on fast. I mean, Willie Taggart's out after less than two years. Um, you know, Ellis Johnson at uh, Southern Miss. Now, these are different situations because he took over Florida State, which was in a pretty good situation under Jimbo, even though I think they only won seven games the year he left. But before that, they were obviously in a good situation, recruiting at a very high level. Um, with Southern Miss when Ellis Johnson took over for Larry Fedora, I mean, they were winning 11, 12 games a year, and then he comes in and they go 0-12, and, and of course, you know, he's out of there. This is a different situation. He's coming into a situation where, you know, they weren't winning. You know, they had obviously started cycling down under Brett Bielema the last year. David Shaw says losing Dora and Gerald in the first quarter of the first game really hurt this defense. Absolutely. I think it impacted, you know, McTelvin Aguim, teams being able to double-team him more because that was going to be a pretty good combo having those two guys side-by-side. Dorian was coming off the ball extremely fast. Uh, McTelvin still has, I think, five-and-a-half sacks this year, which is pretty good for an interior defensive lineman. But he could have had a really good season uh, with a guy like Dorian Gerald next to him. And, I mean, you're left, you know, you've got Gabe Richardson in there, Matteo Soli, who was your best option at end for so long with a club on his hand. He didn't have a posable thumb over here. I mean, it was just a ball. And that's your best option at end. That says a lot. It's kind of like the same thing with offense. You know, you got the numbers right on offense. You've got 16 scholarship offensive linemen, uh, you know, heading into to camp. And your best option at right guard is a true freshman. Chris Carlson says Musselman showed fire on the sideline, and I loved it. Yes, he did. Kevin Seaman says, agree. John Stephen Jones or KJ should have been in the game at the start of the second quarter at the very latest. Neither of them played a down when the game was remotely close. Clinton Stacy Patterson says, where are we at with linebacker recruiting? They're looking like JUCO, you know, grad transfer at this point. I mean, they put a lot of eggs into that Whitehaven trivia, and things just didn't work out with that in the end. That is another thing, you know, with John Chavis, you know, he gets a million and a half dollars a year. It's the worst defense in the SEC right now. There are not any interior linebacker commitments, and last year they only got one interior linebacker commitment. So you just don't see a lot of million-dollar defensive coordinators who are doing that. Now, I think we all respect what John Chavis has done in the 42-year coaching career he's had, but the results at Arkansas have not even by any – I mean, not even close to uh, warrant paying a million and a half dollars a year for what he's produced so far. It just hasn't. And I, I think that maybe some of that is, you know, people say like games passed him by and stuff like that. I don't know about that. But I do know that he had a lot better talent at Tennessee and LSU than he had at Texas A&M even towards the end there. Even though Texas A&M would sack, I mean, they had a lot of sacks while he was there. But overall total defense, scoring defense wasn't quite as good the last couple of years there. And obviously Arkansas has been the worst defense in the SEC the last two years. Kevin Seaman says, very excited about the future of the basketball program. I believe he will coach this team up to a good season. Not great, but we will see just how good of a coach we have found the future with his recruits. Coming in is very bright. I want to see if they win some games that they're not supposed to win. So far, Chad Morris has not won any games that he's – I mean, 
that he's first of all he's lost games that he's supposed to win, but he hasn't won any games or really competed in any games that it, against teams that he's not supposed to beat. Not, I mean, maybe Texas A&M last couple of years. And maybe there's a little bit more into that with his history, John Chavis's history, you know, some of that kind of stuff, Rakeem Boyd. Mark O'Banion says, after this week's loss, it will be official. We will have hit rock bottom. It keeps feeling like – I think Danny had a good analogy. He was just like – it's like hitting – you know, you keep thinking you're hitting the ground, but you just keep hitting branches on your way down to the ground. But, I mean, I don't know if they've hit rock bottom or if they're just still there and haven't bounced off yet. It's just like a – no ball, the ball just kind of splattered at the bottom. It's not bouncing back. Clinton Stacy Patterson says, we will not lose this week. Kevin Seaman says, hey, Trey, any idea who Moody will choose? I think it's – I think things look good for Arkansas, but I, you know, like I was saying, I don't cover recruiting for basketball a whole lot. Danny would be a better question, person to ask. We have him on, on on Mondays for that, but I do think it's interesting um, that, um, you know, I don't. I mean, it's it's just hard to say right now. He's got three teams. I think you would put the home state school. Um, I, I I will say this: Juwan Howard the other day when he mentioned Moses Moody and like three, two or three other recruits in his press conference and then was like, you know, I think he was generally surprised. People say like he was doing it on purpose. I think he was generally like, oh, I'm not supposed to say that. But I've never seen a coach do that before. That's literally the first time I've seen that violation committed. I mean, even the most casual fan knows that you can't publicly comment on prospective student athletes. You just can't. That was weird. I I like Juwan Howard. I think he's a nice guy. I think he's probably end up doing a good job there. But that was just – I've never seen that. I've literally never seen that in 17 years. A coach just openly comment on, on prospective student-athletes. Kevin Seaman says hey, – uh, just sorry. Uh, Drew Bryant says, wondering the same thing. Scott Whitlow says, Arkansas will pick suey. Scott Stater Patterson says, I have heard Moody to Michigan. I've heard Moody to Arkansas. I've heard all kinds of things. Clinton Stacy Patterson says, hope not, though. Danny West says – Danny West hog hunting. Big embarrassment if we lose to him, says Gabriel Johnson. Kevin Seaman says, oh, we got uh, ideas for Danny West, Wild West recruiting show. That's not bad. West is the best at hog hunting. West recruiting name, hog sniping. Hate to say it, but it's about time to come and destroy our team. And Chad's chops his mouth at Matthew Philpott. Wow. Will Kidd says, who gives this team the best option to build or grow around, KJ or John Stephen Jones? Everyone knows the answer is KJ, so why start John Stephen Jones? Give KJ every opportunity to learn, grow, and gain experience for the future. I think they could have really lit a fire into this team naming KJ the starter. And even if KJ is a starter, I can see, you know, hey, let's let's make sure we prepare for John Stephen Jones. You know, maybe KJ is not having a good day passing or something like that. Like we said, he can be erratic at times throwing the ball a lot better in these last few practices than I've seen him uh, early in the year. But um, you might need them both. You might just need them both. Matthew Philpot says, KJ or John Stephen Jones, it's your choice. James Matthew Nolan says, 42-17 Western Kentucky. Wow, that would be that would be quite damning if that happened. Do you think Morris will be fired by Monday if he loses to Western Kentucky? I just don't – I don't think that would be a very good situation. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to say that he's going to be fired on Monday or walking off the field or something like that. I just – I think it's a – it would be a really bad situation. He did not look like a coach on Wednesday that was real concerned about, you know, what his job status was. And maybe he's not. Maybe he's been assured that, hey, you got time. We like what you're doing in recruiting. We know you got a young team. You got time. 
Maybe that's what he's hearing behind the scenes. I don't know. But I think a lot of people looking from the outside looking in are just like, this would be really bad. All right, everybody. I think we've pretty much covered everything. Cody Hawkins says, outside of young talent on the football team, Knox, Burks, Henry, et cetera, can you name one of the posi- one positive out of the season thus far? Connor Lempert's been, what is he, 12 of 15 on field goals? <laughs> Terry Roy says, if KJ started this season, Arkansas is bowl-bound. I don't know about that. I mean, I think they might have some more wins, though. But I, I, I still think that KJ needed some development. And maybe he's the best option now, yes, but I think he maybe needed some development. All right, everybody, I want to remind you one last time, there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. Be sure to sign up at hogsports.com, first of all. I mean, you get CBS All Access for free as long as you're subscribed to hogsports.com. We're not raising prices or anything like that. It's $9.95 a month. As long as you're paying the full subscription price, I think it's like $107.40. I don't know why it's that for for an annual subscription. But as long as you're paying that, you get CBS All Access for free, which is a $99 value, in addition to getting the best Razorback coverage with the best insider news from your number one independent source on the Razorbacks at hogsports.com. So a great time to sign up for hogsports.com and get that uh, special offer. We're always on Facebook Live. If you haven't thrown us a thumbs up, go ahead and throw us a thumbs up now. We certainly appreciate that. Be sure to follow the page. Share the content with somebody you think might like it if you if you enjoy the content. Going to upload to YouTube immediately after. Be sure to subscribe to the channel. Hit the notifications bell so you're notified every time we upload a new video. And throw us a like if you like the content. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, just about everywhere you can get a podcast, we're available. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to throw us a five-star review. Say something nice if you like the content. If you don't, don't worry about it. But if you do, we'd certainly love to have that from you. So for Keith Grayson, for Pete Roulier, and for all of you and your questions, we thank you. This has been Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com, and we'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.